This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. It is that time, about uh, six minutes after four o'clock, and we are ready. I hope you are as well. The Employment Law Show, as always, the phone lines, look at that, already open. And uh, ready for your uh, your calls. You have questions and concerns about your employment. Maybe it's a severance uh, question, a workplace harassment question. Maybe you're an employer and you have questions about your employees. That's uh, that's why we're here. Bring them on. It's a live show here for the duration to answer those calls. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address. We'll endeavor to get some of those a little later on today. And uh, Leora, for the week that was, I know you got a couple things you want to talk about, but right Right off the top, something that is it's fresh, it's huge, and it's going to be uh, hot off the heels of what was already an amazing tool, that being the severance pay calculator, Pocket Employment Lawyer. And I'm going to tell everybody right away, as you uh, wax philosophic about it here, PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca, as Leora gives you the the goods, the dirt about what this thing is. How are you, pal? Yeah. Hey, Johnny. And our regular listeners know about the severance pay calculator. We launched it some years ago. Uh, you know, over three quarters of a million people used it. It allows you to find that how much severance you owed if you lost your job. But in, in those years, I, I've noticed that a lot of people still have other questions that don't necessarily directly have to do with the amount of severance. And I wanted to get that information, those answers to people as easily as, uh, as the severance calculator does when it comes to severance. So I created Pocket Employment Lawyer. It's a tool that allows you to have your legal situation analyzed in a number of categories. Maybe it's a constructive dismissal. You want to know if the company's allowed to change the terms of your employment. You can go there. It allows you to determine if you're an employee or an independent contractor. It allows you to determine if the company had just cause to let you go. If your situation maybe qualifies as a workplace harassment or a human rights violation, it does all those things and more. So it's easy to use. It's free. It's anonymous. You don't have to put in your name. Very simple. You go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, pick the category that you're interested in, answer a few questions, and you're done. It's going to tell you about your matter, what you need to know, what your rights are. And once you're done that, if you want to, and only if you want to, there's a button there. You can click it to contact me so that I can help you with that situation. It's the first place you should go to if you have a legal question when it comes to employment law, because guess what? You already have an employment lawyer with you. It's in there, in your phone, in your pocket. That's why we called it the Pocket Employment Lawyer. So check it out, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. And uh, what else you got going on for this week, pal? So, John, always busy uh, in my office, and hopefully we can have a busy show here tonight, uh, having everyone call us with questions about employment law, workplace rights. Don't hesitate. Take advantage of us being here, wanting to answer your questions and solving your problems. But a couple situations that came across my desk very recently. This one actually falls in the category, the first one I'll tell you about, John, of, of people uh, asking me the wrong question. Mm-hmm. And, and what I mean the wrong question is they're asking me questions about what they think they should be concerned about when really what they should be concerned about is something else. So I had this gentleman uh, uh, contact me, and he wanted to know simply uh, how much notice he has to give his employer when he resigns. Right. Uh, he says because he's afraid that if he doesn't give his employer enough notice, maybe they'll take legal action against him. So when I answered this question, I said that unless you signed an employment agreement, then there's no law that requires you to give a certain amount of notice. Uh, generally, you know, you need to be reasonable. Two weeks is standard. And if you give the two weeks, 
Unless you've signed an employment agreement that says otherwise, you're fine. But then I asked him, out of curiosity, why are you resigning? And he said, well, the, the way that my boss has been treating me, my, the owner of the company, I just can't take it anymore. I have no choice but to resign. He said, well, wait a second. Not so fast, man. Not so fast at all. If you're resigning because of something that's happened, because you're mistreated, guess what? That is not a resignation in the eyes of the law. That is a termination. That's a constructive dismissal. So really, the question he should have been asking me is, hey, am I owed something if I'm leaving because of the way I'm treated? And the answer to that is absolutely yes. You know, this guy had been for this, uh, working for this employer for over three years. He could be owed as much as six months pay. Months, not weeks, months. Mm-hmm. So he was asking me about how long he, or how much notice of resignation he needs to give. But the real answer is, hey, if you're leaving, if you're resigning because you're mistreated, because you're being put down, because you're being harassed, that is not really in the eyes of the law a resignation. That's a termination. So as soon as I let him know that, we've made arrangements to speak tomorrow, uh, Monday, about his issue uh, in more detail, and, and I'm going to help him actually get the severance that he's owed. And remember that. If you're leaving for any reason other than it being voluntary, if you're leaving not because you want to, because you feel that you have to, John, in the eyes of the law, that's a termination, and you're going to be owed full severance. You want to reach out anytime uh, to get a hold of Lior and the rest of the team, help at employmentlawyer.ca. That's the email address. Again, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Very simple. Uh, the number anytime, 604-283-3123 to uh, leave a message or carry on after the show or any other time during the week as well. The phone lines here are open and ready for you, by the way, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. For the remainder of the show this afternoon, we'd love to hear from you here on the Employment Law Show. Going to keep it going here. Again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. This is a brand new tool. We had somewhere between 750,000 to a million hits on uh, Severance Pay Calculator. So this one, I imagine, in, in a couple of years, will probably eclipse that with all the things that it can do. But uh, employment law red flags. Why do we want to talk about this today? You know, John, I, I, there's always situations when I hear about, I, I say, whoa there. We got we to gotta <sighs> stop. We, we got to do something. We can't ignore it. So, you know, it's easy for me to say because I deal with these issues all the time. But I wanted to point out certain situations that if you find yourself in that situation, you can't ignore it. You can't just say, oh, it's going to figure itself out. It's a red flag. It's something you have to pay attention to. And we're gonna, not only am I going to help you identify some of those situations that are red flag, that do require your attention, I'm also going to help you figure out what to do about it. So those are important situations because a lot of our listeners may find themselves in those situations. First one is this, despite many stellar performance reviews, your employer puts you on a performance improvement plan. And this is one that I wanted to start with because it is common. It is one that I've seen all the time. It falls under the category of trying to build a case to push you out. If you're a good employee, if you have a history with the company and, and you know, you've done well and in the past have had no problems, and now all of a sudden you become this pariah. Now your employer is, is putting you on a performance improvement plan or your employer is giving you negative feedback and all of a sudden what the heck just happened? Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you what happened. What happened is that the company is trying to figure out a way to let you go, but that's not all they're doing. They're actually trying to find a way to let you go for cause. Because if they just simply wanted to let you go, they could do that. They don't have to work hard. They, they could let you go at any time and pay you severance. 
the time the company's just trying to build the cases, if they're trying to save money and if they're trying to let you go for cause to avoid having to pay you severance, and it starts often with negative performance reviews or, or putting you on a performance improvement plan, trying to set you up to a position that at some point they can say, well, look, your performance wasn't good. We put you on a performance improvement plan. It didn't work. So now we're letting you go. So remember, if that's something that's happened to you, if, if you're not, if you don't believe that you're, uh, you're in a position where you should be put on a performance improvement plan, you got to do something about it. That is a red flag. If you're silent about it, if you move on uh, to, you know, with your work life and, and hope that it gets better, you're going to play into the employer's hands in this situation and make it much easier to be let go. So what do you do instead is you express your concerns. You say in writing why you disagree with what your employer is doing, why you disagree that you should be in a performance improvement plan, no. uh, highlight what you've achieved, highlight your accomplishments. Uh, and you know it's okay to say, I'm always going to try to do better but I don't agree with what you've said. If you don't do that, you're going to make it easier for the company to try to let you go for cause. Don't do that. Take it seriously. John, that is an absolute red flag. And I think it's worth highlighting again that just because if you're on the employer side, you put someone on a performance improvement plan, whether it's a realistic one or not, it does not give you the free ticket to fire them just after that one deal, right? That that one move of a performance improvement plan is not a, a carte blanche situation where you just say, hey, you know what, I'm going to get rid of you. You didn't live up to it. That is an excellent point. And even if you put someone on a performance improvement plan, and if it's legitimate, let's assume it's justified and legitimate. The person is just not doing as good a job as they should. Mm -hmm. You put them on a performance improvement plan, they still don't improve to where you want them to. You can absolutely let them go, but it does not mean you can let them go for cause. It does not mean you can let them go without severance. The fact that their performance may be lacking does not rise necessarily to the level of cause. It's very difficult to establish cause. You would almost have to show that they're deliberately uh, slacking off or not working hard or deliberately uh, you know, avoiding doing what they're supposed to. If you can establish that, then maybe you can establish cause. But other than that, no. And just because someone is not on a good, uh, not doing a good job does not mean you can pull the trigger and let them go without severance. If you do that, if you do that before you should, you're going to find yourself on the wrong side of a wrongful dismissal. We are back indeed. It's about uh, 4.18. Plenty of time for you to call in, ask your questions, and make your comments. Love to hear from you. This show is for you, designed for you. It is all for you. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. If you haven't used it yet, well, you know what? You probably haven't because I have and Lior has because we kind of do the show every week. But it is brand new. It's an amazing tool. has everything to do with your workplace. Uh, not only severance, there's all kinds of things about wrongful dismissal. There's even a section about disability law there as well because the firm handles that, is called pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll get to uh, some more examples from that a little later on. But in the meantime, talking about employment law, red flags, as we uh, line up some calls here. Uh, Another red flag is this, and this one is never for the advantage of the employee. After a few years on the job, your employer decides to slide a new employment agreement across the desk at you. Never good. It is a massive, massive red flag, and, and it's yeah. one that's going to cost you so much if you don't pay attention to it, if you don't take it seriously. There's never a good reason for you, the employee, to mm-hmm. have a new employment agreement signed after you started working. The flip side of that is there's many good reasons for the employer to want you to have it, and none of those reasons are going to be helpful to you, the employee. If your employer wants you to sign an employment agreement after you've already been working there for a while, 
That's bad news. That employment agreement is going to take away rights you would otherwise have. Uh, an easy one to tell you about is it's going to limit your future severance. In almost yeah. every case where your employer comes to you and wants you to sign a new agreement, it's an agreement that one of the things it does, it limits your future severance, and sometimes it could be to the tune of tens of thousands of dollars. So you have to be very careful. You should never just sign a new employment agreement. doesn't matter how innocuous it sounds. You may look at your salary and say, okay, it doesn't change my salary. It doesn't change my job or my hours. What's the problem? Let me sign this and continue working. No, it doesn't. The devil's in the details. There could be other terms there that are problematic. You want to know what it means, what it does? Send me a copy. Let me review it and tell you what it means. But in 99% of the time, when you're in that situation, you should not sign it. It's going to be a problematic agreement. You're far better off saying, uh, thanks, but no thanks. I'm completely fine with the way things are right now. You can't be punished. You can't be disciplined for refusing to sign. And I've seen so many situations where an employee signs an employment agreement and realize six months, a year, five years later that holy cow, now they're let go. And instead of getting 15 months severance, they get eight weeks severance. Right. Don't let that happen to you. Be smart. Send me a copy. Let me tell you what it means. I want to get back to that particular point here in just a moment, but as always, our callers have a uh, top priority. And we will uh, we'll get to Sean here on the air. Hey, Sean, how are you, pal? Hey, um, actually, I'm appreciating. I just got off work myself, and I'm Great. trying to, uh, to, to settle an old grievance. I was creatively dismissed, but I didn't know that the title existed. And um, I had worked for family business. We got bought up by a big corporation. Um, I was, I had worked for the family business for 20 some odd years and ended up where that we had to sell. So we got bought up and the company that bought us promised all sorts of things and, uh, subsequently put me in a position and then, uh, like of management and then cut my hours back to almost nothing. I had to leave because I couldn't afford to pay my mortgage mm. and I was busy scrambling for a job, you know, after that. And I didn't realize like I was in ignorance, and I meant that. But I'm wondering, is there a time period that these things have to be done, or can I go back retroactively? So you'd have two years from when you uh, from from when you quit, or when this change happened. How long ago was it? Well, that's what I'm wondering because I just heard you mention, like you just said, um, you know, year, two years, five years later, and that's when I just went, oh. this that's interesting. No, no. What I meant is you may have signed the contract and then five oh. years later you realize that five years ago you shouldn't have done that. Uh, okay, but yeah. no, you have two years from when uh, this happened. So whenever this change happened, and you're absolutely right, they did not have the right to do that, and which means that you leaving in the yeah. eyes of the law is a constructive dismissal. And if you have 20 plus years of service because the service with the previous company counts, you could be owed as much as two years pay. But how long ago did this happen? Unfortunately, it was over five years ago. Oh gosh, no, no. I I, I hate That's saying it. to you that unfortunately you're out of time here. Uh, there's not much we could do because of that, Sean. Yeah, that's why I, just, I thought it was unfortunate because um, it was a series of unfortunate events. I went to a new company, and then a new company subsequently got bought up by a bigger one, and so it was a snowball effect. And I, so I get, yeah, it's frustrating. It's very frustrating. 
Yeah, no, I, I wish I could help you, Sean. I really do. It would have been a constructive dismissal, uh, an obvious one. Uh, and, and thank you for calling. And there's obviously, John, important lessons there for all our yep. listeners. If you are in this situation, you can't wait. you got to deal with it. It is something your employer is not allowed to do. They can't. doesn't matter if it's a new company that bought the business or the same company all along. They cannot change your, your compensation. They cannot reduce your hours. If they do, that is a constructive dismissal, and you shouldn't wait to pursue your rights. Sean, appreciate the call. Moving forward, you need to uh, contact Leora about anything else in the realm of your employment or, or your job uh, overall, for that matter. 604-283-3123 and help at employmentlawyer.ca. Very simple. For the remainder of the time here on air, you know the number, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Make that phone call just like Sean, and you've been scratching your head for some time trying to figure something out when it comes to your job. That is how you do it and get some answers uh, for sure. In the meantime, talking about employment law, red flags, as we get uh, some calls lined up here. Yeah, you mentioned the employment contract. It's never good for the employer, almost never any, and always good for the employer. But you've also mentioned in the past that they have to give you what I guess you refer to as consideration if you do sign it. And if they don't, is it even legally binding, like a raise or a one-time bonus for signing it? Do they have to do that? Yeah, that, that is a, an excellent point. It's important for both employees and employers to understand that. If you're already working, you have right. a job, you've been working, and now your employer wants you to sign a new employment agreement, for that actually to be legally enforceable, to be le- legal, uh, legally binding, you have to get something in return for signing it. You can't just say, you know, here's my signature, that's it. You have to get something in return. As you said, there's a number of things it could be. It could be a one-time signing bonus. It could be a pay increase. It could be extra vacation. It could be really anything that you wouldn't otherwise be entitled to. But here's the, the, the kicker. Your employer may say, okay, we'll give you $500 signing bonus. Like, hey, I, I want 500 bucks. Let me sign right. this. Not realizing that what you're doing is giving up $50,000 mm. uh, in, in future severance. So as tempting as it may sound, it's almost always, John, almost always a bad idea, a very bad idea to sign a, a new employment agreement after you've already started working. It's always it's always to look at the long game when it comes to your employment and your employment ending, right? Always look at the long game. Slow and steady oh, wins the race, right? Absolutely. And if you're not sure, yeah. and a lot of our listeners are not going to be sure, that's okay. That's why I'm here. Send me a copy of the agreement. Send me an email. Call me with a question. Whatever it is, make sure you make the right decisions. Is there some things that, uh, and I'll and I'll just I like this point because I want to keep on it for just a uh, another second here. Is there some things in there? Say it's maybe not a pay decrease or you know your hours of work, which are kind of obvious. They know now not to sign that, but if they made a little bit of a distance change or a significant change to the distance uh, of the workplace, say that's changing and that's in this new employment agreement, do you have a chance to say you know what in hours maybe I can do it? Can I take it out for a spin? Can I try it for a while before I give them a hard yes? Yeah, that applies to pretty much any change that your employer wants to impose. Maybe it's a change to your job responsibilities or maybe it's a relocation or change of hours, what have you. You, you're, you may not necessarily know how this change is going to affect you. You may not know if you can manage this change. And so you don't have to make the decision necessarily immediately. And, and as John said, all you have to do is maybe send your employer a note, an email, works great, saying, you know, I'm concerned about this change you're doing. I'm concerned about the relocation or the change in duties, whatever it is, but I'm going to try it out. So I'm going to try it out for the next few weeks, and I'm going to let you know how, how that's working for me. By doing that, you're not going to be considered to have accepted the change, and that's an important thing. 
uh, and then you can try it out. And then if it doesn't work, if it's uh, not what you expected, if it's not something that makes sense, you still have the opportunity to pursue it as a constructive dismissal. But you just simply trying it out, not saying anything about it, you may be considered to have accepted it. That's why my email method works so well. If you're going to try it out, try it out, say so in writing. And by doing that, you're preserving your rights. And that's something that goes, and you reiterate every week on this show, is when it comes to dealing with your, your boss, your employment, every time you have a correspondence, either send it to your home Gmail, whatever, have a copy of it, because as you always say, and you've been saying for years, if there's no record of it, it didn't happen, right? It didn't happen. If it's not in wow. writing, it doesn't exist. And, and even if you have a verbal discussion and you wish you had a record of it, no problem. Finish the discussion. Go back to your computer. Send a note to the person. Say, hey, I'm just confirming what was said, that we agreed that next year I'm going to get a pay raise or that we agreed that this is gonna, this change is going to happen. You know, I've had many situations where the, when the individual says, hey, they promised me this thing, the, the pay raise, the promotion, and they didn't live up to it. Well, my yeah. first question is, how do we prove it? What do you have yeah. to prove it? And if you can't prove it, unfortunately, uh, you can't do much about it. You can enforce a promise. You need something in writing, John. So send that email confirming it, and that, that covers you. You bet here at uh, 4.30. Little, uh, still plenty of time for you to call in, ask your question, 604-280-9898 or star 98. 98 on your cell. Uh, email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And if you've not checked it out, take it for a spin. As we like to say, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. There's a ton of things. It's literally like having a lawyer in your uh, in your pocket, an employment lawyer in your pocket. If you want to do it anonymously, no problem. There's a, there, It's free of charge. There's nowhere to enter a credit card or a debit card. And you can walk away with the knowledge on your head, nobody knowing that you'd, uh, you'd visited the site. Or there is a contact button there to get a hold of Lior and to ask more questions and carry on further. Until then, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We're talking about uh, employment law red flags on the show today. The next one up is this, uh, my brother. You've asked your employer twice to investigate sexual harassment by a co-worker, but nothing has been done about it yet. We have, uh, we've seen this movie plenty of times on this show, right? We've seen it on this show, and I've seen uh. it that many more times in my office, uh, all the time with, with people calling me, emailing me with those situations. By the way, the, the example you just read, you, you know, you've asked your employer twice to investigate. Frankly, yeah. once is enough, and if they don't investigate, that is a red flag. That is a problem. Let's start by reminding everyone that if you're, well, reminding the, of the basic principle first, that you have a right to a workplace that's free of harassment. Yes. You have a right to work for a, uh, an employer that treats you properly in an environment that's supportive and harassment free. And that, that's, that's set in stone, okay? There's no disputing that. But th- what flows from that is if, the, if there is a harassment issue that you bring up to your employer, they have to take it seriously, they have to investigate, and they have to fix that problem. They have to make it go away, whatever that means, getting rid of the person that's harassing you, imposing training and new policies, uh, whatever it is, they have to fix the problem. So if you're asking your employer to meet their obligations and they're not, that is an issue. That's illegal. It could be a violation of the Human Rights uh, Act. It could be a violation of other things as well. So because of that, you have to take it seriously. Now it's time to be a bit uh, uh, careful and to start documenting things. So as I said before, if you're going to ask for uh, your employer to deal with harassment, you got to tell them. You got to tell them in writing that that's what you're you're doing. So you can go speak with the HR person, but follow up with an email confirming what happened. If they're not investigating, send them a reminder. Uh, and if that still doesn't work, now it's time to deal with it externally. 
Because if you don't, if you're just going to let things be and continue being that victim of harassment, it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. Eventually, it's going to impact your health. Eventually, you're going to have to take a medical leave to deal with workplace stress, or or you simply are going to want to quit because you're so unhappy. I've seen this happen more times than I can count. So no, sometimes it could be as simple as me reminding your employer of their obligations. Uh, You know, the employer may say, well, we're too busy. We don't want to deal with this harassment issue. But once they hear from me, all of a sudden, their priorities are going to change. Okay, now it's going to be top of their list that they're going to deal with it. Or if we don't think that's an option, we can get you out of there because your employer not dealing with harassment, your employer not fixing the problem for you could be a constructive dismissal. You're going to be owed severance in that situation. So it's a red flag. It's a problem if your employer doesn't deal with workplace harassment, but it's one that you could do something about. It starts by giving me a call or, or sending me an email. You know the next question I'm going to ask, and that is, what if it's not a coworker? What if it's the boss, the guy at the top? Say it's a small organization, and he's the one doing the harassing. Where do you go? Well, you know, it actually is is faster in that situation to deal with the mm-hmm. issue because if you if you don't have anyone to talk to you, you, if it's the owner of the company that's harassing you, or, or or you know, there's no HR, there's no person to speak with. Well, then we have to at that point deal with it externally, and and we at that point fixing the problem is probably not an option if it's the owner that's harassing you. At that point, it simply becomes an issue of getting you out of there but getting you out of there with compensation. You know, we're not going to be able to, to make your, uh, your, the owner of the company, if he's the one harassing you, stop because it's his company, but we can definitely get you out of there, make sure that you get the compensation that you're owed, uh, and in doing that, we'll probably teach the company a bit of a lesson. But it's very important not to sit on those rights, not to let them impact your health. Nothing is worth that, especially when the law is very good in protecting yeah. you, making sure that you can get out of there, not have to suffer through this, and still get your compensation. Still plenty of times for your calls, your questions, your comments, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on cell. Don't be bashful. Bring it on. We'd love to uh, love to talk to you. Employment red flags. Next one is this. Your employer says you weren't, quote-unquote, the right fit for the job, and they fire you, but they fire you for cause. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, well, actually, I'll simplify this even more. It's like any time you're fired for cause, whatever the reason, that should be a red flag. Why? Because in most cases, in most cases, I'm talking over 90% of cases, I've been doing this for 17 years, thousands of people that I've spoken with, so I can, I can give these statistics with confidence. In over 90% of cases, John, uh, a cause termination is nonsense. It's not cause. It's a wrongful dismissal. Remember what I said before, it's very difficult to terminate for cause. Yes. So unless you did something awful, you stole, you hit somebody, you, you were sexually harassing someone, you know, you did something really, really bad, there's probably, probably not cause. Even if your performance was not where it needed to be, even if you aren't the best fit, your company is allowed to let you go. They absolutely can, but they have to pay you severance. So it's definitely a red flag anytime your employer says, we're letting you, for, uh, letting you go for cause. We're not going to pay you severance. And it's certainly a red flag if they say something about, oh, it's just not the right fit. It may not be. They may be 100% right that it's not the right fit, mm-hmm. but it does not make it a termination for cause. If you want to know if it's a legitimate, one way to do it, easily grab your smartphone, go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. There's a section there about termination for cause. Answer those questions, and it's going to tell you whether what you're dealing with is a for cause termination or not. 
That's a uh, an excellent call. You should go there again. PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca is where you want to go. Going to bounce over to a phone call like we uh, we always like to do. Top priority. Zach, thanks for hanging on. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm not too bad. How are you? Good, pal. What's uh, what's on your mind? Uh, so I I'm a contractor in uh, IT, and uh, I contract. I, I work for one company, but I bill another. Right, so uh, I'm kind of been contracted out as a contractor. Right, so, right, and um, I've been over the initial contract, which is uh, one year. It's been coming up on a year and a half now, maybe a little bit more. And um, I just have some questions as to you know, let's say tomorrow they decide we don't need you anymore. Yep. Who, you know, would I get severance? Who would I get that severance from? From the company I work for or the company I bill? Um, you know, I think there's a bunch of gray area there that I'm, sure. I'm really not sure of. Now, the company that you work for, the, 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 the one that you're providing services, is that the only company or are there other companies you, you do work for? At the moment, for the past year and a half, that has been the only company. Previously, I, you know, picked up uh, small, you know, one-day job contracts uh, right. from um, an online site, right? But since I got this one, uh, it started out at three hour, or three days a week, you know, five hours a day type thing, mm. five and a half. But it's been over a year and a half, and it really translates to, you know, closer to 20 hours a week, you know, pretty much full part-time. I don't get any benefits from either company. Um, right. And, uh, you know, I'm required to pay my own taxes and so on and so forth. Um, but I, I feel more or less like an employee, you know. Um, well, <laughs> and as well you should. Let, let me yeah. make it very clear. There's very little doubt in my mind uh, that you're an employee in the eyes of the law. I understand that on paper you're called a, a contractor and, and that's how you're paid and, and, and taxed, uh, uh-huh. but no, it, it's a classic situation of misclassification. You are a, not a contractor, you're an employee. And because of that, the answer to your question in terms of severance is absolutely. Yes, you would be owed severance. And let's say you were let go tomorrow. And, you know, it's only a year and a half in. Even after a year and a half, you could easily be looking at three months pay or even more than that uh, in terms of your severance. Now, who's going to be on the hook? Well, both of them are on the hook. Now, that doesn't mean you get severance from both of them. But yeah, they both have okay. that obligation. And and generally, the, the first obligation will be for the company. If, if you're misclassified, the company that you're actually providing services for, not necessarily mm. the company that's paying you because really they're not doing anything. They're just cutting you a check. They have nothing to do with your actual work. Exactly. So it's the company yeah, that I you're mean, actually working, uh, doing the work for. But even the other company, for, for example, the company that, that you actually do the work for, I don't know, goes bankrupt for whatever reason then the other company would still be on the hook. So one of them okay. is going to have to pay you severance. And, and you have to remember that, that if at some point they let you go, they say, well, you know, now we don't need you anymore. That's fine. They're allowed to yeah. do that. But they absolutely would have to pay you severance. You are an employee in the eyes of the law. Okay. So, I mean, that's very uh, comforting. How does that affect, like, benefits and such, you know? So an, I, I mean, even if you're an employee, an employer is not legally required to provide benefits to an employee. 
So okay. an employer can choose if to provide benefits, and if they want to provide benefits, they can choose who to provide it to. So you're not owed. Oh, uh, I okay. You're not owed benefits, but what you you are owed is things such as uh, you know vacation pay, uh, statutory holiday pay, maybe even overtime pay in some situations. So so yeah. those things for those things, if you wanted to pursue them, you could absolutely file a complaint with the employment standards branch. The problem mm-hmm. is, you may say, well. You know, it's not very comfortable for me to do that when I'm still working for the company, and, and yeah. I get that. So kind you, of feel you like you're shooting not. yourself in the foot, you know. Yep. That, <laughs> right? right, you so. know, you, you show up to work the next day after your father complained against him. It's not comfortable, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so some employees or individuals in your situation decide to deal with that if and when they're let go. Because let's say they let you go at some point. You could go back two years to collect mm-hmm. amounts it's owing to you. So yeah. you could do that I, I, now. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even think about what you're mentioning, like vacation pay and stat holiday and things. The company I work for is a U.S. company that operates here in, in uh, they have an office here downtown. And I mean, I, I don't get vacation, you know, I, I mean, I don't get days off, right? Uh, <laughs> and this company, you know, it's kind of ironic. They're uh, an HR company. <laughs> They're an HR software company, right? So oh, right. Uh, you know, everybody gets paid time off and paid vacation and all this. I don't get any of that as a right. as a contractor. Well, then, I mean, then I'm, you I are could owed be that. Totally wrong, right? So you are owed that, and you can pursue it now if you want. But the mm-hmm. most important thing is, it is when it comes to severance. If and when you're let go. You are owed severance. You want to reach out to me at that point. Let me help you get that severance because they're not going to just say, hey, here's a check. We'll have to push a bit to get it, but not a big deal. That's a very common situation. You bet there is still some time, as uh, as one's mentioned, uh, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. The email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And always, if you want to check it out on your own time, just to explore maybe you need something in there pocket employment it's new and it's going to be a very handy uh, handy tool for you as well there's uh, there's no obligation to pay for it you can't pay for it if you wanted to it's anonymous and there's contact buttons on it as well if you want to uh, reach out further as promised tom thanks for uh thanks uh, for hanging on for a couple minutes how are you no problem great how are you guys doing good sir what's uh, what's your concern uh, I don't know if it's so much a concern just a, a, a question ten percent mm-hmm. holiday pay is on every check. Does that constitute statutory holidays or 10% vacation pay, I should say, is what it's called? Yeah, that's vacation pay, and that's different than statutory holiday pay. Vacation pay is the money that's compensating you while you're not working. So vacation pay could be a minimum of 4%. In your case, you're saying it's it's 10%, which is great. Uh, yes. But that's different than statutory holiday pay. That That is absolutely different. Statutory holiday pay has to do with money that you earn during if you work during statutory holiday, uh, and, and one has nothing to do with the other. Okay, great. It was just a question I had. It was... Uh been an issue at work and i just thought i could let everybody know absolutely very good question thank you appreciate that tom appreciate you uh you calling in you want to carry on further any other questions no problem 604-283-3123 to get a hold of leoran as i just mentioned help at employment lawyer.ca um last one of the employment law red flags i'm going to throw this one at you we got a few minutes here uh you're laid off after undergoing major surgery for example despite the boss promising full-time work upon your return uh didn't seem to be happening yeah no and, and you know this is a very specific example but really we can even make it broader 
it's it should always be a problem or a red flag or something you need to pay attention to is if you're not being brought back after being off for medical reasons. Uh, maybe it's a surgery. Maybe it's a, you know maybe it's a mental health issue that required you to be off work for a time. If you're not allowed to come back to work, in many cases that could be a human rights violation. Absolutely, your employer cannot choose to let you go or, or to not bring you back because you were sick, because you, you were sick, because you took a medical leave of absence. That is discrimination. That's illegal. So, and that's especially true if you're expected to have a job, you talk to your employer about a job, and all of a sudden there isn't a job. Uh, no, no, that makes it very clear in that situation that you're going to uh, be looking at a human rights violation. Now, they can potentially let you go if the reason has nothing to do with your medical uh, condition. If they shut down the department and you're one of the people losing their job, the fact that you're on a, on a disability leave is not going to save you. But, of course, you're going to be owed severance. So either right. way, you're owed severance. It's only a question of whether or not it's a human rights violation. And I've seen many situations where the company says, no, nah, well, we don't think this person's reliable. They've been missing work too much. Uh, we, we don't uh, think that, uh, you know, that we're afraid that's going to happen again if we bring them back. No, that they cannot do. If they do that, it's a human rights violation. You're going to be owed severance, potentially also human rights damages. You continue to be an employee when you take a medical leave, which means the company has to make all efforts to bring you back to the same job when you're ready to return. Want to slide over and get uh, Bill on the air. Hi, Bill. Uh, good afternoon. Thanks for calling in. How are you? Hi. Hi. Good afternoon. Uh, so my mother-in-law uh, took all her vacation, which was a few months long. And uh, when she was uh, set to go back, uh, they told her she doesn't have any work. She's going to get laid off. So when she went to go file for EI, uh, her record of employment said that she had quit. Wow. Holy cow. No, no, no. Well, obviously that's an issue because if the facts are as you've just described them to me, she obviously yeah. did not quit. She took her vacation. I'm assuming the vacation was approved. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she so, never put anything in writing that she had quit. Right. And, and it would be on the company. They'd have to prove it. So number one, that's an issue. But that issue is easily resolved because I send a letter to the company guess what they do? They issue a new record of employment right away, making it clear that, that she didn't quit, and then she qualifies for EI. But there's a second issue here, and that is the fact that she's actually owed severance. How long uh, did your mother-in-law work for this company? Do you know? Oh, 25, 30 years. Wow. And, yeah. and do you know if she was part of a union, Bill? No, no union, no. Okay. Well, then your mother-in-law is looking at two years' severance. Dare I ask if they offered her any severance? <laughs> oh, no, no, nothing, nothing. Wow. Well, then she's been wrongfully dismissed in the most egregious way. Uh, she's owed potentially easily two years of pay. So, you know, you, you, you need to take the, that next step, Bill, and have her give me a call off air or, or email. We'll give you my information, uh, my contact information in just a second because she's owed two years of pay. We can obviously easily, that, that's easy, help her get a new record of employment. That we could potentially do in a matter of a couple of days. Wow, uh, and, and the she, golden she, handshake. She would get the golden handshake. Well, yeah. she's owed what she's owed, my friend. And, and good, after good. all these years, if they let her go, they're allowed to let her go. You know, Don't get me wrong. Yep. But yep. they have to pay her what they owe her. And after all these years, that's two years' pay. Yeah, and I've I've told her that I listen to your show every Sunday, good so man. that I was gonna I was gonna call. So uh, that's good to Perfect. know. Perfect. Thanks, Bill. 
Bill, that's a, an excellent job. Yeah, we're only a few days away from Halloween, but Christmas is coming early for old Billy's <laughs> mother-in-law. Man, oh man, from nothing out you go to two years pay potentially. I mean, that's uh, that's uh, on their side a big bowl of wrong, as we like to say, right, pal? It's it's illegal, and and the yeah. company, the fact that the company could think they could get away with that is shocking. But uh, don't worry, we'll, we'll we'll make sure that they don't. Uh, so have her give me a call, Bill. See if we get in a quick email here before we uh, rewrap for the day. This one from Beth. Uh, again, it's help at employmentlawyer.ca. Beth says, uh, Lior always talks about negotiating severance, but my employer told me that they've uh, they've made me a good severance offer and won't increase it. Uh, should I bother having my severance offer reviewed? Well, listen, uh, your employer is not someone whose word you, you can take when it comes to your severance. It's your job to to satisfy yourself that they've made you a good offer. Okay, so what do you do? Easy. You go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. You could do that in, in 15 seconds flat. You can call me. You can email me just as easy. Because once you sign that offer, you thought, oh, it's a good offer. They said it's a good offer, so I'm signing it. And then you realize later on that, wait a second, I'm owed an, an extra $35,000. It's going to be too late. Over 90% of cases, and I should say it's higher than that, but I'm going to be conservative. Only 90% of cases, when people are let go, they're offered a lot less than what they're owed. A lot less. So if your employer tells you, oh, this is a good offer, that's, there's still a 90% chance that that's wrong. Now, your employer may not be lying. They may believe that to be the case. That doesn't matter. You have to assure yourself. So no, Beth, go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca or call me. Do not sign until you do that. And uh, we'll leave it there for today. Another uh, fantastic show. Appreciate you uh, you calling in and all your responses and all your effort to get some information. That's the way we'd like to do it, get everybody set on the right road to begin with. As just mentioned a few times during the show, if you have not been there, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Tons of information, completely free, completely anonymous, but there is contact available on that particular uh, website or app, and you can and you can use it, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. You want to reach out now that the show is done for a week, uh, get a hold of Lior, member of the crew, 604-283-3123, and email is simple as well. That is simply help at employmentlawyer.ca. Till next time, loved it. Thanks for hanging out with us, Employment Law Show, right here, CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.